live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Yep, here we are, episode number 41 of X and Y on the Fly. My name's Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And here we are again. And you know what? Today, we're going to do something completely different. Absolutely. You know, when do we ever do anything that's completely the same? Uh, never. We've talked about this before. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about movie moments. I don't think I've ever heard a podcast about movie moments as relating to dating, seduction, relationships, and stuff before. Have you? No, I haven't. As far as learning the good and the bads and understanding what you should stay away from and things that they actually do right. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good place to start with this particular podcast is telling people why we're doing this. It's not like we're going to be, you know, Cisco and Ebert up here or something. That feel good and just sharing emotions. Yeah, we're not just doing movie reviews. No. I think it serves no real purpose in the context we're using it in to just talk about movies for the sake of talking about movies. But see, the thing is, there's this thing about movie moments that really, really get women. Oh, yes. Those romantic movie moments, like in romantic comedies. I know. And what I want to get down to is not just what those movie moments look like and why they operate the way they operate in a woman's mind. Yes. Why they have the effect that they have. But what is it that a guy can do? To trigger those emotions in us? Yes. To make the movie moment happen as a real life moment. You know, like you and I have 24 hours a day. That's right. It's just one big flick all day long. I agree. Yeah, the rating on that flick sometimes <laughs> changes. Let's, not, let's keep this PG. Yeah, but um, or at least PG-13. <laughs> but it is a movie moment at least. 24-7, 365 and a third. Now, you know, I do want to give some acknowledgement to the fact that movie moments that get a guy going are probably a little bit different than the movie moments that would get a woman going. Are chick flicks. Right. Like for a guy, a movie moment would be like Porky's Ugh. <laughs> or Wedding Crashers or American Pie or like when Phoebe Cates gets out of the pool, buck naked right. and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right. Now that's a movie moment. That's a guy moment. <laughs> well, it's a guy movie moment. You know, or at least, you know, in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, that great moment when Princess Leia tells Han Solo that she loves him and Han Solo says, I know. I, I know. Yeah, right. In return. Gosh, we all love that. I don't know why we love that. It's like, almost like we didn't give in to the movie moment. It's like the anti-movie moment. Oh, remember the thing that guys wish could happen sometimes? Well, I don't know if we go around wishing we could tell a woman, I know, when she says she loves us. But we, deep down, us guys really do love to be told that we're loved by a woman. We love when that happens. Sometimes we don't know what to do with it. Right. I mean, in other words, you can relate to it sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. And we can certainly relate to being as darn cool as Han Solo was. I mean, talk about your David D'Angelo cocky funny. Look, I didn't want to be him. Oh, I know. I still want to be him. And he's like, what, 70? Uh, That's true. (laughs) All right. So for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to focus on what it is that makes women go stark raving nuts over guys in movies. And, you know, this is pretty much going to be for the entertainment of the ladies. Right. Maybe ladies who are listening, y'all ladies out there, maybe you'll get a better idea of exactly what it is that goes on when you're watching these movies that makes you feel the way you do and why you like guys to kind of uh, bring this 
real life persona. Yeah, the knight in shining armor that we want. Exactly. And, you know, it's going to benefit you guys listening so you can go do likewise. And, you know, there's really no better way if you're bent out of shape on exactly how to be romantic than to watch movies, right, Emily? Because Hollywood really has a lot figured out when it comes to how men and women interact and what really is attractive to women, huh? After all, it's movie magic. That's right. So let's jump right in. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's talk about some examples of movies and the moments in those movies and exactly what it is that the guy does in those movies to make things just so magical, not just for the leading actress. Right. Well, we can even learn how to kiss. Well, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. (laughs) But what is it that makes it magic for the women in the audience, too? The first one I've got here is Roman Holiday, which we've talked about before. It's one of our favorite movies. And this is, of course, where... Audrey Hepburn's princess character who decides she doesn't want to live in this aristocracy anymore where she's all protected decides to go and basically hang out in Rome by herself one night. Yes. All drugged up to boot. Right. Where she meets where she meets Gregory Peck and Gregory Peck is this newspaper reporter and at first he doesn't realize who this woman is and she's kind of sort of uh, acting drunk and acting weird because she's been drugged up and he brings her back to his apartment. Yes, out of the goodness of his heart to take good care of her. Right. As a good person. And Audrey Hepburn gives him every opportunity to take advantage of her and he does not. And she's offended. And yes, she sort of is almost offended, isn't she? That's right. And as drunk and drugged out as she is, I remember Gregory Peck saying to her, hey, look, you know what? This is where you're going to sleep. You're not going to get to sleep in my bed. You don't get to just freeload. (laughs) Here's some clothes to put on, and when I come back, you better be in them. Yeah, the hard-to-get character. Just masculine leadership combined with, you mentioned character, not just a hard-to-get character, but a man of character. Yes. He doesn't just take advantage of her. No, and in the end, that impresses her. Absolutely. She falls in love with him, and one of the moments in that movie that, to me, is just quintessentially what it is that women love about guys is when they're at the mouth of truth— where he puts his hand in there. Right. And then he slips the hand up into his coat and pulls it back out and brings it out with surprise and she starts screaming. Right. Quintessential playful banter, teasing her like she's your bratty little sister. Yes. And she's the princess. She's royalty. And here he is, just some guy she's met. And that really is kind of a turning point in that movie where she really starts to like him a lot. Boy, he's starting to make her laugh. Right. Huge, isn't it? We like to laugh. Laughing is good. That's a big part of it, isn't it? It is. You're playful with us. I mean, anytime we're going to talk about guys like Adam Sandler and Billy Crystal and Tom Hanks and these guys in these romantic comedies, that has a lot to do with the fact of why romantic comedy is such a huge genre. Because women love to be laughing when they're starting to fall for a guy. True. It absolutely is true. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to the next one. We're talking about Audrey Hepburn, of course, and we saw that movie Funny Face. Yes. Where Fred Astaire is like 40 years older than Audrey Hepburn is in the movie. Yikes. See, what were they thinking there? That was just disgusting. It's like that Broadway show, Gigi, where he starts singing Thank Heaven for Little Girls. Oh, that's right. And he's this old guy and he's like romancing some 13-year-old or something. That's crazy. What were those people thinking? Good question. That is not a movie moment. Uh, No, that's definitely, they messed up there. Yeah, where, you know, like things like Gigi and Fred Astaire, I think that's just more of a showcase for these stars, you know, as they're aging. Right. So, all right, we're going to skip 
anything else about uh, Audrey Hepburn. We've said enough. Like Breakfast at Tiffany's, enough of Audrey Hepburn. Although she notably plays a mean guitar when she's singing Moon River and deserves a gold star for that. Hmm. That was pretty hot in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay, so there's lots of great moments in these old movies. What about From Here to Eternity, where that beach scene happens, where Burt Lancaster and Deborah Kerr just washed up on the beach in this torrid love scene kissing each other? Yeah. You know, you've seen that before, right? I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? We have to go rent that. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Sorry. Well, it's like Guilty. where they're on the beach making out. Really? And it's finally this unrequited love thing that just finally... And they got away with that back then? Well, not only did they get away with that, she's married. Ooh. She's like having an affair with this guy. You know, this tumultuous waves crashing over the embracing couple in this iconic image. And even back then, in the old days, this was an adulterous affair. Well, were they good looking? Oh, yeah. Both of them. So, I mean, here you go. This is this is Hollywood degenerating even back in the 40s and 50s, right? Right. You know... That's not the only one like that, too. If you talk about Casablanca, Ingrid Bergman's character pretty much was uh, a married woman, too, right? Right. And that's it's something that happens a lot, even in the old days. I haven't really thought about it, but I guess you're right about that. Does that kind of forbidden love thing matter that much to women? Do they really want to be cheaters? No, we don't. Well, I mean, it just why, makes for a good story. Why is it a good story? Because sometimes we want what we can't have, or at least we think we want something that we can't have. So women kind of have this desire to be naughty, but they don't want to deal with the real world consequences of it. Well, that's true of almost everything, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like you have this little demon on your shoulder and this little angel on the other shoulder. Well, you know, it could be more of the fact that uh, it's maybe I could get caught factor. <laughs> And you can kind of live vicariously through a movie. Right. Yeah, interesting. Well, one thing you mentioned earlier was women being caught up in the kiss. And mm. one thing Deborah Kerr says to Burt Lancaster in that movie is, I've never been kissed like that. And I'll tell you what, women just love that, don't they? Oh, we do. We want someone just just take us away and just take our breath away. Sweep you off your feet and make you melt. Oh, Yes. Now, I'll tell you what, guys, if you've never experienced a woman telling you that she's never been kissed the way you're kissing her, boy, are you missing out. That's one of those life moments that hopefully happens more than once. Uh, and we're married and we still get those moments. Oh, yeah, we kind of do, don't we? Yeah. Except you've been kissed like that before by now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can still try to improve. What can I say? Mm. All right. So, you know, we're talking about about Humphrey Bogart here, who I'm sorry, was just not one of the best looking guys ever. Definitely not. You know, and when you're in a movie like uh, Casablanca, Ingrid Bergman can basically make up for both of them. I mean, she was a hottie back then. But what was that movie we were watching the other night with the boat where they were in the middle of Africa? The African Queen. Here you have Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn, someone else who I never, ever figured out how she could possibly be attractive to any guy. Right, that's right. Remember, they were getting all sweaty and dirty, and they're getting shot at. Yeah, awful. And then at the end, it's kind of a movie where they're at war, and they're in Africa. And so what's happening is they're in this boat together, and they're starting to fall in love. And in the midst of the mosquitoes, remember the fake 1940s movie Mosquito Swarm? Or when they get into the swamp with the leeches. Oh, yeah, that's horrible, too, (laughs) right? It's disgusting. Yeah, every moment in that movie is just disgusting, and that's sort of the allure to it. 
I mean, you're left thinking, how could this couple getting shot at in this horrible, dirty, nasty surrounding where they've got to get leeches all over them, get all muddy, dirty, sweaty, bitten up. How are they falling in love? Well, I'll tell you where I found it really romantic for me is when he had to get back into the water, which was disgusting, mm-hmm. and while she stayed in the boat, and he did that to help get them out of that situation. You know, he manned up and took care of the situation. Yeah, and that is kind of a foreshadowing of the end when they do actually get caught by the Germans. And they're going to be hanged because they're, you know, British spies. You know, how did they get away with being British spies in those movies back then when they both clearly had American accents? <laughs> they were so unbelievable as British people, right? right? Anyway, I don't want to digress. We're turning into the movie reviewers again. All right, so they get on the ship and they actually are going to get hanged. And what's Bogey's last request? For the ship captain to marry them even though they're about to die. Oh, that's right. And that is the movie moment right there. And it just melts Catherine Hepburn. And at the end, I'm not going to spoil the whole movie, but they end up not getting hanged and they end up living apparently. Right. Right. So they'll actually get to live out their dream and live happily ever after. And that's just the kind of thing that makes women just go, Oh my gosh, that was just so romantic. Mm -hmm. But look at the passion and the meaning and the character that Bogey showed her at the end of the movie when he thought they were going to die. Now, you're left wondering a little bit, did he wish maybe they weren't married now that he's going to have the whole life in front of him? But see, the resolution of the movie there is he seems like a happy guy at the end anyway. Right. Brilliant, brilliant writing. I mean, that was Oscar worthy. Yeah, the happy ending. Right. So, I mean, that is the kind of thing that just really gets women going. And guys, that's the thing. If you're in a situation where... You see this ability to make a movie moment for a woman and you go, "Ah, you know what? I'm afraid I'm going to look stupid or I'm afraid I'm going to come off as too spontaneous or too impassioned in the moment. What you're doing is you're thinking like a dude. You're not getting inside a woman's head. You're not chick whispering. You mean like when you're at a restaurant and those flower girls come around trying to sell flowers and your girls next to you? Well, that is a purchased manufactured <laughs> moment. That's it's not a romantic. movie moment. It no, is a no, movie no. moment. Let's talk about romance for a second before we get on to some more modern movies. All right. Romance to me is those times and those situations that can only be shared by a man and a woman uniquely. Yeah. And they're very rarely purchased. They're very rarely planned for. But they're moments in time that are meaningful to a man and woman together that can never, ever be duplicated duplicated, or recreated. And they'll never be forgotten. Right. And I don't think that you go around planning to be romantic. And I think that's where guys really go wrong. That's where they start coming off as Mr. Nice Guy, buying the flowers, buying the candy, doing what they think they ought to do. Instead of positioning themselves with a woman in a place where something romantic is going to happen. Like you and I take trips together. Right. You know, recently we went to Vegas, which to me is a manufactured place where there's going to be relatively few romantic moments. You can still you can call in, by the way, or write in and disagree with what I just said. If you've had a romantic moment in Vegas, by all means, write me. But I'm saying love to hear that. Well, we would like to hear that. But (laughs) sexual moment and romantic moment. Those are two different things, by the way. Oh, yeah. Let's get those straight, right? right? Okay, but I uh, don't want to digress. When we went to Yosemite and when we went further north and we were 
in nature and natural surroundings mm-hmm. and to go places where we never gone before and just sharing each other's company, like in Lake Tahoe. Well, we were setting ourselves up to have romantic things happen. Absolutely. Because it's just a focus on you and I and our togetherness as a couple, not anything else around us. When you shut out everything around you or everything else around you becomes props to focus on who you are as a couple, that's when romance happens. The props themselves, flowers, candy, a limousine, a movie, even dinner or anything like that, they never can replace the romance. They can't promote the romance. They can only support it. Well, I still love my roses. As we duly noted in the podcast we did on the War of the Roses, right? (laughs) That's right. Well, let's move (laughs) on to the 80s. All right, yeah, let's move forward in time. Let's talk about some newer movies. You know, it seems like all those movies, those romantic comedies, seem to have Meg Ryan in them. From like, the 80s? Yeah, like Harry Met Sally. Oh, Harry, when Harry Met Sally, anything with Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal in it. See, Billy Crystal is a comedian, and Meg Ryan is just an outstanding... Well, first of all, she's really cute. Yes. And she's very endearing. So what that does is it really pulls the movie audience in so that they're really rooting for her, right? Yes, even when in Harry Met Sally and Billy Crystal was in the Just Be Friend Zone. Right, they were Just Be Friend Zoned the whole movie together. It was painful. Yeah, it was just hard to watch, wasn't it? <laughs> I had a hard time with it, yes. Well, in the movies, it looks, at least apparently from when Harry met Sally, that you can get out of the Just Be Friend Zone. Right, it appears that way. Now, who was in the Just Be Friend Zone in that movie? Both of them? Yes. Mostly well, him, though. Mostly him. Mostly him. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, let's think about it. That one scene where she was having a fake orgasm. <laughs> yeah, now there's a movie <laughs> moment for you. Was that a movie moment for the guys or for the women? I think for the guys, isn't it? I guess. Or then again, we know as women kind of got some fun out of that too because, you know, we were having fun with the fact that you can fake them. Right. Yeah, that begat an entire meme in society on that whole concept, didn't it? It did. It kind of made it okay to talk about it or at least admit to it. Right, like Sex in the City later made it okay to talk about your sex toys and your sex life with your girlfriends. And sex parties. Oh, I'm sorry. Toy parties? (laughs) Yeah, not sausage parties. Nothing like that. Um, At least not from Sex in the City. Maybe other things are beginning that, but that's beyond the scope of this podcast. Yes, but moving on. So later, you know, as far as the just be friend zone, I think it's a little harder in real life. Now, if you're friends, but not just be friends, just being the key word, you can start off, I guess, as friendly towards each other and move into something romantic. But I think in real life, yeah, but I think in real life, if there's no spark there at the beginning, it's hard to find it later. And usually never does. Yeah. Most often. What happens around the early to mid 90s? Meg Ryan dumps Billy Crystal. See, because he's back in the Just Be Friend Zone. And she starts making a bunch of movies with Tom Hanks. That's right. Oh, yeah. Sleepless in Seattle versus You Got Mail. It's the same exact movie. And <laughs> Slightly again, different, but it, still the same basic theory. Yeah, the same thing with Meg Ryan, and you just want her to get with this guy, and you keep getting frustrated the whole movie. It's just like when Harry met Sally, really. Equally as painful because it's not happening, and you just keep waiting. Right, and Sleepless in Seattle, they finally meet at the end, and you don't even get to enjoy them together much. No, I would really love to enjoy that, seeing them have chemistry together, get to kiss and have some fun together, the romantic part of it, not just the struggle to get together. Right, and then the same thing happens in You've Got Mail, only kind of the internet version. Same actor and same actress, right? Right. So let me ask you this. 
why is that a good movie for a woman? Why does the woman want to see two hours of two people struggling to get together? Whereas when they actually get together at the end, that's kind of just anticlimactic. Well, sometimes there's some joy, there's some fun in dreaming and wishing and wanting something and hoping that someday it's going to happen. So the fairy tale is really a big part of the romantic moment, getting there, finding the guy. The harder you have to work for it. Envisioning how it's going to happen. The anticipation in itself is exciting. You know, in the sports world, there's a corollary. Vince Lombardi famously said that when you've fought the battle and you've left everything out on the battlefield and you fought hard and you walk off that battlefield weary, battle weary and victorious, it's a much greater victory than if you just go out and hammer the opponent and win like 42 to nothing. Yeah, that won't be no fun. So that's kind of the equivalent of a guy being Mr. Nice Guy and just throwing himself at a woman and her not seeing him as a challenge. The bigger the challenge, the greater the movie moment at the end. Yeah, and the same thing in real life. The bigger the challenge is, the more exciting it is to finally accomplish being able to go out with him, get to know him. You're not really sure if how this is going to work. you got the butterflies going on. It works. Yeah, and hopefully in the real world, you don't have to go coast to coast or like fight corporate battles. <laughs> I guess the guy you end complicated. up. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so fast forward then, we've got Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Oh, they're so cute. Now... Typically, in those movies, it's Adam Sandler who's got the battle to fight. Yes, because she's not interested. She has other things going on. Either she already has a fiancé, or she's not mentally all together like in right? the 51st Dates. I love that movie. Right. So Adam Sandler is always kind of bumbling around trying to figure out what it's going to take. To make her like him. Exactly. And really, if you think about it, again, The Wedding Singer and 51st Dates are very similar movies. And in real life, most likely, most of the time, that doesn't work. Well, yeah. I mean, how many times have you ever sat on an airplane? Here comes some guy walking down the aisle with a guitar with a song he wrote just for a woman. He's trying to take off the airplane because she's about to leave with some other guy. <laughs> with her fiance. In theory, it's very romantic. It's something that would just take our breath away going, oh, wow, this just sounds awesome. In reality, it's creepy. In reality, it's creepy. You know, <laughs> it's strange, but it's true. I was about to ask you, how come none of us? I mean, I would challenge anybody listening to write in if you've ever actually witnessed a movie moment happen between two other people. That would be interesting. I've never seen it happen. I haven't either. I mean, short of the guy calling out a woman on the NBA basketball court to ask her to marry him or something publicly like that. But that's a proposal. That's different than trying to capture her heart. I've never seen it happen in real life, apart from my own experience. Hmm. Have you? I haven't. You know, maybe it's back to the deal where if it's a romantic moment, it's shared uniquely between two people. And something that's considered normal. Well, I mean, what about being spontaneous then? Well, spontaneous is fine, but if it's something that's kind of weird and wacky and might come off as creepy, that's different than just being spontaneous and romantic. Well, is singing a song for a woman in an airplane, is that just saying, you know, you matter more than what these people think? We're holding up the whole airplane just because I think you're important? You know, that, what I just <laughs> said is kind of a theme, isn't it? When these big sweep you off your feet extravaganzas of movie moments, the climax of the whole movie when they happen, usually there's this element of we don't care what other people think. True. 
but we really do care what other people think. In real life, we have to. We can get arrested for barging onto an airplane with a guitar. True. Although maybe that's why it's creepy. Maybe it is. You know, that's what the guys are thinking. The guys are thinking, dude, watch your back, because you know, here come the cops. <laughs> Women are thinking, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. How come nothing like that's ever happened to me? Well, here it is. Do women want that to happen to them? Do they not, really want that? Not really. Not to that extreme. Why do you say that? Then it's why- perfect in, in fantasy. In dream world, it's perfect. So where does fantasy meet reality? There's a happy medium. We want you to kind of step up to the edge, but not step over the line. And where would that edge be? That would be different for everybody. So you don't want to break the law. Don't want to break the law, obviously. You don't want to humiliate her. Don't embarrass us, please. Yes, that's why I would say it goes back to having this unique moment where you share alone. Now, you can be a little bit naughty. You may be in a place where you really shouldn't be there at that hour of the night. Up on a roof somewhere. Right, exactly, like we were in Italy. And that's a romantic moment because there's a little bit of naughtiness there. That's okay, but not public humiliation. Yeah, that's definitely a perfect line to draw. Matter of fact, the last time I remember seeing on SportsCenter where a guy proposed to a woman on an NBA basketball court at halftime, she covered her face and ran away. <gasps> oh, how painful. Probably because she was humiliated. Yikes. I, he was too. So if a guy sends a woman flowers at work, is that public humiliation or is that a good thing? Oh, it depends. If everybody knows him and they don't like him, it could be humiliating. <laughs> so once again, it goes back to you can get away with just about anything, including sexual harassment, right? If the woman likes you. But right. therein lies the rub. How do you figure that out? Got to talk about it. You know, there's these other movies with Jennifer Lopez in them, right? Oh, she's awesome in a lot of her stuff. Yeah, so she you got, really got the chemistry going on. Right. So in The Wedding Planner, you've got this deal where she's a wedding planner, but she can never find the right guy. And remember, her dad's trying to set her up with this geeky Italian guy. Yes, I remember that. You know, it's kind of like the geeky guy who would love to get with a woman but can't get her. And I feel so bad for his character because he had such a great heart and such a good guy, but he was just so desperate and so needy that it just made you turned off by him. (laughs) Like that Molly Ringwald movie from the 80s. Which one? Uh, Pretty in Pink. Oh, yes. That's an old one. With Ducky in it. Yes. And Ducky is always in love with her, and he's in the Just Be Friend zone. Yeah. So he's he's always available. Right. And, you know, guys can learn from that. You're never going to create movie moments by pandering and groveling. Doesn't work. It isn't going to happen. It doesn't happen in the movies, and it doesn't happen in real life. Mr. Nice Guy isn't winning in the movies, and Mr. Nice Guy isn't winning in real life. But you always want something nice to happen to the guy at the end, and usually in those movies, like with Ducky, he meets some other girl anyway. Right. Somebody who does appreciate him. Right. But you always want Molly Ringwald, and you want Jennifer Lopez to end up with the other guy anyway. You do. You really do. Which happens. It does. Now, see... One time I was on an airplane and I flew out to California, Oakland, California, in the morning for a meeting, had the meeting, came home, slept in my own bed that night. I know that sounds crazy, but welcome to why I fired the boss and work for myself now. But anyway, on the way out was The Wedding Planner, right, which I watched. Mm-hmm. On the way back the same day was Serendipity with John Cusack. Very similar. Exact stories. same movie, right? They're going this whole time, this whole movie trying to find someone they can't have who's going to be married to someone else. And then finally it's resolved at the end. That seems to be like it's a theme in all these movies. Like here's someone who, oh my gosh, they're going to get married to someone else. 
and I've got to stop them so they can marry me instead. I mean, that goes back to The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is we believe in our hearts and in the core of our souls that there's that one person on this planet that is meant to be with us. Right. And that search for making that happen, that's what makes these movies so exciting. And the drama of maybe losing the person. You want that to happen. You, the thought of missing out on that opportunity is scary. That climax, the anticipation of it. So, you know what, maybe there's this kind of thought process going where women like the drama of the movie. They like kind of escaping from reality for a couple hours and wondering if it's going to happen. But in real life, it would drive them nuts if they were actually living that. They want the movie moment. They just don't want the movie. We just don't want the drama in our lives. Well, some women do want the drama in their lives. Okay, true. But those who want normal lives don't want the drama in their lives. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. They want the movie moment, but they don't want the whole drama of the movie to get to that moment. True. We want the emotional happiness of it. Now, that reminds me of the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. At the end, right, he comes in and takes Deborah Winger and sweeps her off her feet in front of everybody. Yes. Now, first of all, was that humiliating or was that a movie moment? That was a movie moment. In real life, it would have been humiliating. Well, I don't know. You think? Because, I mean, that's that's a deal where everybody around, remember, they clap for her? Yes. Because she's finally escaping and getting to be the wife of this officer, which right. is every woman in that town's dream. Well, she didn't want to work there anymore. Right, exactly. She wanted out. Right. So, I mean, when Richard Gere comes and sweeps her off her feet, literally, it just makes everybody cry. All the women cry. Probably some of the guys, too. Some of the JBF guys, you know, <laughs> some of the duckies of the world and geeky Aww. Italian guys of the world are crying for him too, you know. But anyway, that is a very interesting case study of a movie in general also because there's another couple in that movie who doesn't have such a happy ending. Remember the other guy, the Oki from Muskogee. <laughs> the one that quits. He quits to be with the woman. And I think that's an interesting thing because the woman breaks up with him after he quits. And because of that, people view her as evil. In the but, movie, yeah. Yeah, but what's interesting is, as women, we want a guy who has ambition, motivation, and passion in his life. And the problem here is he made her that passion, that motivation. He lacked ambition as far as what he's going to do with his life. And that took away the security and safety from that woman. Absolutely. So now she's thinking, well, wait a second. If he has no plan, then who's going to have the plan around here? I've got to have the ambition, the motivation. That's scary. That's scary to a woman, and it kind of makes her think, well, this guy's not as strong as I thought. And if you look at the contrast between a guy who is going to be a military officer and a guy who's just become really a weakling by giving all his power to a woman willingly like that, I can see why she was not attracted anymore. Inappropriately so. And even in real life, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, so no doubt. This is really all about ambition, motivation, and passion mattering to women. And another movie that uh, comes to mind while we're talking about this, and by the way, we talk about this in this month's Power Session, ironically enough. So I did a whole hour on this very subject for guys just this month. We're on that Power Sessions program. But the other movie that I think of is Titanic. Oh, yes, with Leonardo DiCaprio. He is so good looking. But, you know, he represents everything we want in a guy. Yeah, you know, I don't think a lot of guys really get Leo DiCaprio. I think they think, all right, well, he's not really a man's man, so I don't understand what women are thinking. Well, some guys think he's a wuss. But he's not a wuss. No, he's definitely not. He's kind. He, well, the character comes across as very kind, very loving, a lot of fun, 
full of life, very vibrant as far as personality goes. But most of all, he takes the lead. Think about it. He takes her hand, takes her to different places on the boat, shows her a great time, shows her what life is all about. Yeah, you know, and really that's being a big four man. That's being confident. That's being masculine in the way that women see it. And then, ironically, here's another movie where Kate Winslet has a boyfriend. She has a fiancé. And he's rich. And he's rich. So, so much for the rich guy getting the woman all the time, right? Well, it's all about the heart. If you can steal her heart away, it doesn't really matter if you're rich or poor or somewhere in between. Yeah, you know, I really do think it's ambition, motivation, and passion that was at play there. And a good character and a good heart. Right, because Leo DiCaprio doesn't have a lot of money, obviously. But what he has is that confidence, that masculinity, enough to stand up to those aristocrats at the table, maintaining composure, not being crass, even when they're challenging him and looking down at him. And her fiancé is being downright arrogant. Well, it gives her something to be proud of because he is something to be proud of. He can do that. Right. I don't think the art skill hurt much. No, I'd say that actually might have been some bonus points there. Yeah, and at the end when she says, I'll never let you go, and then she lets him go anyway. Aww. And then what's the next scene? She's already back in some safe place, warm with a blanket around her with some tea. But she never yeah. let him go. <laughs> I guess not. That's the whole point of the movie at the end, right? I know. It's, uh, it's such a tearjerker. I mean, you just cannot help but cry when you watch that movie. Another flashback movie. I know. Let's move something more happy. Yeah, like, oh, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've gone from our our wonderful character dying to another character who's already dead. Already dead, exactly. No one really talks about this movie anymore, but it was huge when it first came out. Remember, nobody really knew it was coming. Oh, wait, wait. I never saw that movie. You've never seen it? I've never seen that movie. Wow, that's probably a good thing. But, um, <laughs> well, you know, I just never had that opportunity, but it was a huge movie when it did come out. But see, it was like the surprise hit of the summer that it came out. Because it was just like this movie with a generic title, you know, like Ghost. Okay, what's that about? And then, you know, you get Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore in it, who, you know, Sam and Molly, right? The tearjerker of all time, like at the end of this movie, when they like, he's dead. I mean, come on now. He's already dead. He comes back and she gets one last time for all of eternity to be with this guy. With unchained melody, you know. I remember this that big music. dramatic song in the background. What's up with that? Is that what women want to see? Well, you know, sometimes we're in the mood for a tearjerker. I know I've rented movies because I'm in the mood to do that. Just to cry? Just to cry. Well, what's the lesson for guys? Treat every moment with a woman that's a romantic moment as if it's something to be treasured and valued as if it could be the last. That's a good lesson. Is it? It is. I guess so. Just treat every moment like that with passion. Treat it like it's special. Right. If you have this romantic moonlit moment with a woman and you know it, you recognize it for what it is. Appreciate it. Appreciate it and think of that movie. Be Patrick Swayze. (laughs) Don't be dead, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Inject some life into the situation. But still, (laughs) guys, if you're in a moment like that, really enjoy it. So many guys are just into... Getting their hands in a woman's pants and hitting it and quitting it. Banging her as quickly as possible. You miss out on these moments. And women love these moments. And the more moments you bring out in life like this, the more of them you get to enjoy. But you should still treat every one of them as if it's the last. True. That way you don't end up being Patrick Swayze. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, another one of those real tearjerkers. You mentioned your favorite movies that you like to cry. Mm, And I know your favorite is The Notebook. 
That's your favorite. I know because he's reading this this book that she's written. And the sad part is she doesn't have any memories of who the characters are in this book. And as it turns out at the very end of the story that you finally find out who these people are, it's them. It's about their life and the struggles that they went through to get together and that he took care of her and he's still taking care of her even though she doesn't know he's her husband. And of course, without spoiling the end of the movie, there's a surreal moment that probably couldn't happen in real life at the end. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, it just chokes me up just thinking about it. It's so, <laughs> such a sad movie, but... <laughs> you are. You're, you're going to cry. Look at you. Your eyes are welling up. Well, let's talk about the middle part where you can actually go see this on YouTube, by the way. Any of these movies, it's amazing how you can go look up all these scenes on YouTube just by name of the movie and then just sort them out logically until you find the one that we're talking about. But... Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams are in this rowboat with all these swans around them. And every guy in the audience <laughs> is thinking, where do I go to this place? It's so romantic with all these swans. I mean, Wait. a woman would love that. No, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this place must be really stinky. <laughs> See, isn't that ironic? The guys are thinking about all these situations to get in and women are thinking, my gosh, how gross. Well, my first thought it was cute and romantic, but then reality set in like, reality is, I bet you it smells there. <laughs> Well then, but what happens? They're having this nice romantic time, for better or worse, with the smelly swans, right? <laughs> and then it starts rain. raining. And what does the woman do? She's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get wet. I'm going to get messed up. She's worried about her appearance. And what does Ryan Gosling do? Well, he makes it okay. He starts laughing. Right. He starts laughing. And what does that do? That brings the safety and security back to the moment. It says to her, look, everything's going to be okay. So part of this romantic moment is making lemons out of lemonade when something bad happens and the guy's saying, hey, look, I've got it all under control. And he did. Right. And she starts laughing and they're getting all wet together. That's right. right. Which is kind of a theme we've seen in other movies about making out in the rain and stuff like that. Mm. It happens. Yeah. So kind of a cheapy there. But I love how the guy character in that movie makes it okay when something potentially disruptive happens. Yes. I love that. And I think that's something that guys should learn from. And, of course, she's like, how come you never wrote me? And he's like, I did write you. I wrote you a letter every single day. 365 letters, one for every day for the year. Which, of course, makes it perfectly okay that they start this torrid makeout session. Yes. Beautiful. she's still engaged. Right. (laughs) You know, I have a movie I want to bring up before we close. What's that? And that's Jerry Maguire. Oh, yes. Because I had you at hello. Yes, I had you at hello. You had me at hello. Right? You had me at hello. Something was like that. a great romantic moment in that movie. But it seems like so many things happen in that movie that make women just hate that movie. Every woman I'm I've ever really met really a doesn't fan like of that it. Movie. I, I never, it's like, it didn't get it. Well, I think a lot of the women think like she's a real idiot to stay with him. Because there's that scene at the party where they're together and then you can sort of see in his face in the movie that he isn't glad to be there. I, I didn't feel else. the chemistry like he was like feeling it for her. Right, so that isn't really a romantic comedy, is it? It's no. not even really a romantic movie. It's mostly a story where possibly people who should or should not be together end up together. And they settle for each other. In a way, they that's, do. That's the feeling I got from that movie. That's, that's the feeling I got, too. And, of course, the funny part is on the other side, you have Rod Tidwell and his wife who are just crazy about each other. And she wears the pants in that family, which makes that funny. Right. In reality, any woman who wears the pants is not happy about it, but she's his African queen and all this and, you know, telling him what to do all the time. And because he's this big time football player, she just adores him. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of an ironic comedic twist in that movie. Right. But not anything you want to be in real life, guys. No. 
Not at all. Yeah, but I wanted to bring that movie up because it seems like women don't like it. And you would think, at least if you're a guy watching it, that it was meant to be this romantic movie moment type of thing. But it's really not. Because it's lacking the romance. Well, even the apology was lacking anything, too. Right, exactly. And even the no statement excuse. is, you had me at hello, well, you didn't even need an apology. Something was just not, it was just missing Right. The chemistry that you need to make a relationship successful. Yes. Still a great movie, but I don't think it's really a paragon of how to have a movie moment. Or for that matter, how to have a real relationship. Yeah, no doubt. Now, we covered a lot of different movies, and we barely scratched the surface here. Yeah, we're running out of time, and we really could have gone on and on. I mean, we had Gone with the Wind, Dirty Dancing, uh, Sweet Home Alabama, all of these movies we didn't cover, so... Obviously, if some of your movies weren't covered here and they were one of your favorites, it's just a matter of us not being able to get to all of them. Yeah, it's just not enough hours in the day. So many movies, so little time. Yes. But, you know, we pulled up a top ten list, and what was interesting, they had a lot of good movies on there, but I noticed Brokeback Mountain was on it. Yeah, and, you know, somehow I just don't see that particular romantic movie having much relevance to this conversation. (laughs) No, I don't think it does. (laughs) All right, so with that, we're done. And as always, you can email us. Emily, tell them your email address. It's emily at datetoorder.com, D-A-T-E-T-O-O-R-D-E-R.com. And if you'd like to write to me, that's Scott, S-C-O-T, one T and Scott, at datetoorder.com. And since the last time we talked, and by the way, y'all, we know we still don't make nearly enough of these shows. It's really all around when grandma's taking care of the kid. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But since the last time we talked here on XM on the Fly, Emily, you've released your big new program. I did, Attraction Makeover. We've had a lot of women ask us how they can be more attractive to the opposite sex. Right, and also understand what men are thinking, what men really want. Oh, that was one of my favorite part of the audios, where we got to actually hear, like a fly on the wall, what guys were saying about what they considered attractive. Yeah, so ladies, this is only $37 for this entire program. It includes bonuses from our good friends at uh, Meet Your Suite, plus a couple new bonuses that we've never released anywhere else. So if you want to check that out, it's at attraction-makeover.com. That's attraction-makeover.com. And there you'll be able to see a video of Emily going from frumpy to fabulous in under 10 minutes. Yes, and I tried doing it in such a way that it doesn't require work. Yes, and it doesn't require you having to really look all made up or dressed up. You can still be casual. Yeah, being casual but still doing a little extra something to give you a little extra to get noticed. Yeah, really, really powerful. And I think you've done a great job. And I can vouch for the fact that if a woman were to do everything that's in there, she will absolutely boost her dating life. Oh, absolutely. We guarantee it. doesn't matter who she is. And, of course, I haven't exactly been sitting around doing nothing myself. No, you've been busy. Right. I just wrote a book. And it's called Twiduction, of all things, because I've been real busy on Twitter.com, as you have. I know, your new little toy. Yeah, exactly. And what I think is that Twitter very well could be the most hidden gem, the unsung hero of all dating sites. Because, for one, we all know that writing the first email to a woman if you're online dating is absolutely crucial. And you've got to be interesting and you've got to keep it brief. And that's the whole point of Twitter, is learning how to keep things under 140 characters and be brief. If you're not on Twitter, you need to get on Twitter. We just went over 10,000 followers on Twitter. It's awesome. Just did that earlier today. So you go to twitter.com front slash Scott McKay or twitter.com front slash Emily McKay. Add us both. We'll add you back. You can download my book, 
on how to look at Twitter as a dating site for free, F-R-E-E. All you do is get on our newsletter, and that is at www.twiduction.com. Couldn't be easier. T-W-I-D-U-C-T-I-O-N. I'll give you the book, which is about 75 pages, for free. It's a good read. And if you've never been on Twitter, check it out because I'm going to show you everything you need to even get set up as a newbie on Twitter. But whether you've been on Twitter for 10 minutes or for two years since it started, I think you're going to love the book. It's at Twiduction.com. Get you some. We always appreciate when you write us an iTunes review. Oh, yes. We would love it if you would write an iTunes review. And uh, that's always appreciated. Right now we have 11. And I know it's kind of tricky to do it. You have to kind of say, all right, yes, I'd like to write a review, then fill it out, then send it, and then it gets reviewed by the reviewers or something. Then it gets posted. But we really, really do appreciate it. It helps promote the show, helps get us back on the front page. I think the only reason we're not on the front page is because we skipped two months between shows. True, that is true. <laughs> when but we you, make new shows, we're back on. That's right. But it's great to have that feedback as well. Yes, because it helps us make the show better for you. And guys, if you aren't listening to the Chick Whisperer program, you need to do that. That's where we talk about the guy stuff exclusively. And that's at feeds.feedburner.com front slash the chick whisperer. Or you can also find that in the same health slash self-help category on iTunes. And uh, by the way, the book inspired by that podcast, Chick Whispering, is coming out soon. Ooh, that'd be nice. So stay tuned. And uh, that about brings us to the end. It does. Well, that went fast. It really did. Great conversation. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us. Until we talk again next time, this is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. And this is Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good. Have fun.